Hey, girls and gays. Hey, girls and gays. Aren't you happy to have your resident artist <laughs> back? Ooh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to I Said What I Said. Yes, where we close the gap between who we are and who we want to be. And where we are and where we want to be. I am your host, Mukundua. And I am your co-host with every inch of the most, Nyakwezi. Welcome. Welcome. Announcement. I've been, I haven't like held a gun to people's heads to send or rather to leave reviews of late. So this <laughs> is ever, a reminder. I've never asked anyone to leave a I review. I used to, then I got so fed up when I got none. Because where do we get the reviews? Isn't it only on iTunes? iTunes, wherever you can leave reviews. I think it's Spotify as well. Please leave a review on iTunes. Actually, that's so true. And leave a five star review, not four star. It doesn't matter. Five star and a positive review because it helps us. What do the other people say? It helps. It grow. Helps the it helps us grow, grow and helps us create. create how? Content. Explain how. We'll figure out how. Yeah, you just please. do your bit. We'll do ours. Just leave a review. Um, the reason why, it really struck me. I think it is much harder to find a podcast that gels with you as a person than music or film or television or any other art form. Like podcasts are just... I don't think there's that many good ones out there, like well-produced. So we're the cream of the crop. Well, you said it. But I also just think we I think we're doing a good job. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll leave that for you guys to decide. Leave us a five review, five-star review. So today we are discussing things. <laughs> Let's get into it. I want to know, Nyak. And that's what sets... The good podcasts apart from Literally, the mediocre ones. Is that, yeah. is that that very clear descriptive menu of what we'll be discussing? Correct. So, isolation. Yes. How have you, have you been flourishing? Have you been struggling? Have you disintegrated? Mm-hmm. Have you grown? Something in the middle? Mm-hmm. Are you eating good? Are you hardly eating? Are you sleeping good? Like, what are you doing? How are you spending your time? Because I'm interested, there's a lot of narrative about and tensions around how people should be spending their time. Right. Um, there's Team Grind, so probably Team Gary Vee, who's like, I was Listen, thinking about him. You slave, you better get mm-hmm. the fuck up. He's like, now, I bet you, he's like, now when the world is asleep, you better be working harder than everybody in the room. Yeah. And I don't know that he's wrong. I mean, we'll discuss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Team, you deserve a break, you mm-hmm. should rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if you come out of this with zero skill sets and no more income streams and heavier. So what team are you? Where do you fall? (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. I think I am on team. Yo, honestly, I've just been inward looking. So I've been looking at myself, my life, where I am and what I can do. So because I work online on the internet anyway, my work has just gotten more I think as I've said before in another podcast so for me it's been about um making as much money as I can while the people that I work for still are in business um to bolster myself up just in case I am forced into a um a rest period in which I'll do other things I have wished for a bit of a rest period but stop myself because it's that like glamorization of the struggle because I know for a lot of people the lull is while they might have time for more art projects, um, they don't have the money to support a longer lull. So Mm. I'm very careful about not romanticizing that. So as far as what you need to do, um, you know, at first I was kind of team don't take responsibility and just, you know, let yourself um, do, do nothing really. But because I started thinking about myself and the reality of, what might happen if I if I plug out, I realize that it is necessary for me and in my capacity to plug in. You know, I've got a friend that has a, a brick and mortar business who now that they now that this has happened and everyone's been forced into isolation, they're looking at ways in which to pivot their business. And I mean, I, at first I thought, no, it'll be a great time for you to rest. But actually, um, I really appreciate what they're doing because they're looking at the reality of like, it's all well and good to say, you know, rest, recuperate um, and do an art project. But after a month, I'm going to need to pay my rent um, and eat food and or eat food. So um, and or. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 
So I think I'm on the team of do what's responsible for you. And so I've been trying to mix it up. So I've been eating healthily and unhealthily. I've been sleeping a lot more and working harder. So somehow I've done, yeah, all of the above. And I ha- But what I have done is not been too overly worried about the correct balance. So it's been a balance, but not necessarily correct. So I'm not, yeah, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. What about yourself? There was something I, I must like write down my thoughts. When I have a thought about what you say, I'm going to stop listening to everything else you say so I can hold on to it. That's and, my listening skill. And these are the days of our lives. Why yeah. don't you literally write it down as I speak? I'll try. I'll try. Okay. That's actually, that makes sense. Because <laughs> your pet, I can That's see a your sensible response. <laughs> hmm, what have I been doing? So, I came out of a full-time job. Maybe, Wow. Literally the week before, honestly. Yeah, about the week before shutdown. Yeah. I'd even say. Yeah, it was great time. Um the coronavirus had kind of we I think the first time my president addressed it was the week I left that job. Mm. Um and it started to snowball. And so I was under the impression that I'm going to need to start looking for work. Um and then my freelancing work did it was doing really well and it's continued to. So I've not had to look for work outside and, and that coincides so well because i mean there is no work especially Mm. for artists or like media people i don't think people are hiring necessarily Mm. so i've been working and my freelance work has increased and picked up a lot so i've had a lot of work to do but i think i've been conscious i came out of a period of such deep sadness Mm -hmm. uh, sadness because i really didn't like the work i was doing and i had no free time and i was being overworked that this period It just happens that it's like Corona time. Mm. It's Corona hour. It's all coinciding, but I would have been doing exactly what I'm doing now. I feel like it's just, you wouldn't have, you would have tried to look for a job. So you're lucky that this happened. Mm. Thanks for reminding me. Gosh. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. So I think I'm really, I've not been, it's a whole bunch of things coming together at the same time. Mm. I've not kind of been at a better place mentally. Um, I would say also like in terms of balance, in terms of work Mm. balance, uh, how much time I have for myself, how much time I have to do things I enjoy and to feed my body Mm. with exercise and with good food. I've not had this kind of luxury before. And so for me, I'm, yeah, this has all just come at a right time. And Mm. we're obviously in a city that so far the way our government has responded is fantastic. And so we still have... For, For our class. Yeah, for our class, definitely for our class. Um, and for our social position, yeah. because of our situa- circumstances, we are yeah. doing well. So I think, yeah, that's what I'm spending my time doing is enjoying myself. It's like working, but mm. also really relaxing, um, exercising more than I used to before. Just mm. being, I'm also just so conscious. I'm going to cut a lot of this out because I think I'm not answering properly. But um, I think it's funny. Me and you are exercising so much more than we were before. It's ridiculous. And I think because so much of that now is if the world is the world is in a shambles. I really don't know what tomorrow is. How can I have fun with my time mm. and be much less utilitarian? So food, which is like the opposite, I think, of what quarantine maybe is, what I think it's supposed to be. Mm. But all my food is so much nicer now and so thought decadent. through. Yeah, all Girl, my exercises. We have, is it two or three tubs of mascarpone in the fridge? Like, oh, yeah. We never have decadent shit like that. We never have nice ingredients. <laughs> we have just butter so that we can bake anytime we make it. So it's, it's so nice now that... There's something about nowness now. Mm-hmm. It's like, listen, you were preparing for the future where eventually you'd have mascarpone or, That's true. or eventually you'd do this this fun thing. And it's like, no, there yeah. is no future. There's yeah. yesterday, today and tomorrow. Yeah. So if you're going to sweat, you better put on a really fun exercise video and have a good time doing it yeah. because you have no guarantees about tomorrow. If you're going to eat, you better make a nice ass double like chocolate chunk cookie. And it's so... I love What's that. What's a chocolate chunk cookie? A chocolate chunk cookie. Chocolate chunk. Actually, double chocolate that's chunk. what it is. Chocolate chunk cookie. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's perfect. So I really do love the nowness. Yeah. And I think as if it's suffering, if it's pleasure, if it's pain, it's all now. Mm. And I appreciate that immediateness. Mm. Um, I think so much of how we live life 
and capitalism is delayed gratification. Mm. Work hard now, save now so that at 60 you can retire. Mm-hmm. It's like, excuse me, I'm 27. How can you ever, how can you expect me to plan for when I'm 60? Eat healthy now so that when you, you're older, it'll pay off. No, no, no. That's so unrealistic. And now the ways in which are so unnatural to us, i.e. living in the future, have been completely removed. And I just have to do things now. I had never thought about it like that. That is absolutely spot on. That's what's so lovely about it. You know, even even just thinking, you know, I was tired before recording this podcast and I thought, um, and you were like, do you feel like it? And I just thought to myself, yeah, why not? Like, what's the difference between now or like tomorrow? Do you know what I mean? It's it might as well record. It just, it encourages. And I thought I'm feeling good. I have, you know. Um, it forced me to be present with myself now. And I love that. And, you know, and that I do agree with that. Like the way we've been eating is, you know, of course we're cooking at home because we can't have takeout, but we're not just cooking the basics and survival food. Um, it's really fun, interesting things. And that's just such a huge gift. I've learned Mm. how to cook in this Corona time. Do you know what I mean? I've never mm. baked cookies. Like we baked cookies for the first time. We We've baked four, four, five batches of cookies. I know cinnamon rolls, cinnamon, hey, roti, yeah, pa- parata. Like we are going in. Yeah, and so that makes me think. I mean, you. Oh yeah, you did say oh, you had a good comment. Either way, I can't remember what you said exactly, but there was this article that said, uh, you know, there's this pressure that now that you have more time than ever, you should take up that art project. You know, start doing um, that handwork you wanted to learn a new skill. And it's like, no, they were um, suggesting that rather you have time to do what was normal that you never had time to do because you were overworked. So Mm -hmm. now you actually have time to cook. You might have time to exercise and just do the basics to actually keep your body running in ways Mm -hmm. you just couldn't when you were working. And so um, I think some of the rhetoric about do nothing uh, is segmented into a a camp that's saying rather your body is in perpetual stress from overworking. If all you can do is like cook, put your face in the sun on your balcony and like watch a show, do that because you need to recuperate from Mm. just how perpetually stressful and stressed your body is. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah. And when I think of, I mean, I was thinking about how, when I come out the other end of this, whatever that looks like, what would I have wanted my time to have looked like? Yeah. Because I think I spent the first week just watching shows on my back and then, you know, your days blend and suddenly it's okay to sleep at 4 a.m. and mm-hmm. that like snowballs a little more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> then you don't shower, you know, by two o'clock you haven't showered. So you're like, okay, let me just shower tomorrow. And it literally starts to become all one like mush. Um, when every day is a Sunday kind of and it doesn't actually feel good like you can only do that for so long Mm. but I was thinking in terms of I really want myself to come up with this the experience of having prioritized the people I love like with friendship Mm. and now that Zoom's available and they keep giving us free tokens I really want to prioritize speaking to the people I love every day, like somebody, a friend Mm. or family member, because that's something I do struggle with. Like I have inertia um, with social, with digital social engagements. Mm. So I kind of want to like, what do you, what's been your experience with friendships? Have they become more complicated, easier Mm -hmm. now that there's the, the coronavirus, you know, what has? Yeah. Um, I think I was pleasantly shocked to find that connecting with friends actually was good for me. Um, yeah. Shaking. Yeah, that was groundbreaking. No, hashtag hermit. Like, <laughs> you know, I just, that's how I, I live my life away from the people that I loved and uh-huh. wondered why I was so lonely. And then, you know, one of them was like, oh, no, we will all hang out, um, drink wine and, you know, have a Zoom catch up. And I had no reason to say no, mm-hmm. or, or rather I said yes, and I had no legitimate reason to pull out. So I went, went ahead, which is what I normally do. I normally pull out of things, not because of the other person, but just, I don't know. Or like what an hour, like the day yeah, of. Day of, story. yeah. Sorry, can't come mm-hmm. for some reason. That's me. Yeah. And then I just, and, and we connected. And honestly, it, 
you know, and we just talked about everything from how really shitty and scary everything is to fun things and laughing. And after an hour and a half, I was singing. I think that's when I went and made my first, my first rotis. I was just like on a high and I had a wonderful evening thereafter. And then I did the same the next night. And again, I cooked something else miraculous afterwards. So I think I've realized, um, and it's the same with even connecting with my mom and my dad, um, and just, you know, having that extra bit of compassion where like before I might've been ir- like mildly irritated at having to do this duty, you know, of checking in, um, on whoever now it's kind of, it's fulfilling and it's just in a very real way, pausing mm. to appreciate their life because in a very real way, it might not be there in, a, you know, in, and not just in fa- in fantasy land where hypothetically, yes, everyone's going to die. Like Corona's here, bro. <laughs> so it's like very real that people might die, but not kind of connecting with them in a morbid way, but just, just pause, just being more calm in the way I connect with people has really been good for me. Wait, so does that mean, cause you said not in a morbid way. So it sounded like that connection is driven by the fear of they'll, or they'll not be here. Is it rather an appreciation that it's, this is temporary? Um, or like, what is it if it's not morbid? That sounds morbid. I think that, that it's in the back of my head. So not consciously when I'm connecting with people, but in the back of my head, the whole, um, this whole period, mm. um, is colored by the fact that, yeah. that death is near and around yeah. and it might very well miss me and all the people I love, but it might very well not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's kind of like a, a surrender to that and like, okay. and just having to be more easy about life and things and people. And like, that's why I don't care about diet, diet right now, or how much mascarpone I put in my pasta yeah, or how much pasta I'm eating, you know, and just, yeah. So I don't know how friends got to pasta, but basically it's just been so uplifting to connect with the people I love. Oh yeah. And realizing that, oh, it's really hit home. Oh, that really is the point of life. Cause that's been the only thing that's lift, uplifted me is you, the people that I love. Yeah, Having you yeah. with me, my parents and my friends. That's literally it. Everything else is just work hasn't made me feel happy. I'm grateful for work, but it would, you know. It's, it puts things in perspective, eh? It Quick, quick. Very quickly. And I think um, I'm trying to learn to help me help myself. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm using this time essentially to challenge myself to just lean into what I th- is so daunting for me, like s- digital social interactions. And so I'm trying to learn my, my, oh, what do you call it? My interaction personality, like my digital interaction personality. What platforms do I absolutely hate? Um, and what times of the day are better for me? What's more conducive? Why do I always jump out, uh, drop out of Skypes and Zooms at 6 PM? Is there a pattern? Can I avoid it? Um, And I think we're going to be talking a lot about relationships and engaging because that's all we have left now. Um, I think we, last year, we did a lot of episodes about relationships and that's coming back because what else are we talking about? Like, that's all we're doing now is relationships. And now there's, um, I do see a lot of gratitude and also tension about what's expected of friends now um, and the way we communicate. And Oh, really? Yeah, like a little bit. People are just, there's a little bit more frustration either with, some people are feeling like they are the ones who always have to organize and set up the, the call. Other people are annoyed that some friends are flaky. Some friends are still not easy to contact. Other friends uh, feel like they're being demanded too much of in terms of hours. Mm. Um, they're expected to engage with people in a day or in a, a week. So I think... Is that a real survey or was that last point actually just you? No, that's a real survey. Okay. I'm not resentful of that. It's interesting. I've had to, so (laughs) what I'm learning as well, or re-remembering is that there is a hierarchy. I wrote down a list of everyone I want to speak, everyone I love, like (laughs) that I'd want to, I want to know how they're doing Mm. because there's a difference, you know, the people you love and you don't need to know, you just trust their well and that's fine. So that list is small-ish, you know, and I think someone asked me the question or posed a a dilemma for the podcast and said, what do I do? What should I do if my best friend, I'm not the best friend of my best friend. Right. And I've been thinking about that, about how like sometimes I'm mismatched when we feel we're getting unreciprocated 
on reciprocal energy and friendships. It's just because that friend doesn't either need as much from you or like you don't have the same importance in their life. Mm. And like some of the times I've been flaky, not all the time at all, but with some relationships, some of the times I've not shown up, I've considered every other reason that, oh, okay, I I'm a bad person. Oh, okay, I'm indisciplined. Other than I just don't care enough. Mm. Like I love you, but that doesn't translate into me needing to talk to you. That's mm. not the same thing. Mm. And I think that's odd. Like I think, oh, I think that's odd to understand for all of us that how can I love someone but not want to talk to them, see them, hear from them as much period or as much as they want from me. And like that mismatch in terms of need to engage with each other, if you love each other, I think is a point of contention for, well, for all our friendships. Because interestingly, I have friends I chase up, I'm always chasing, and I have friends who are always chasing me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean, necessarily mean anything, but I think it can point to just how much engagement we need and the distance we need between those engagements. Right. So like this is... <laughs> This is one friend. So we haven't spoken in maybe four years now. So every year, kind of like clockwork, actually, um, every year around mid-year, I message them on Facebook Messenger and just say, you know, hey, I hope you're well. I love you so much. Please reach out. Like, let's chat year, next year. Bitch, what the fuck? Let's chat. It's been a year. How are you? Every year, right? And I can, I know. <laughs> with no reciprocation? No, with no response. I think they're not active on face. I, I don't, their England numbers, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just not, they're not communicating. And they've been like this. They've had mental health issues mm. years ago. They've also just been like this. And I know they certainly like me, but I think I just love them much more. Like, mm. I just really love them. Um, and I have friends who chase after me like that as well. But for me, I think I've kind of accepted that that's, we're just all going to be Tom and Jerrying each other. And that's okay. Like, that's all right. <laughs> unless it's not, unless you're really hurt by it. But I really don't take it personally. And I think that's great. You know, and I think, so at the moment I'm reading A Course of Love by... The Course of Love. The Course of Love by Zaddy. Yes. Alain de Baton. And, um, you know, it's just... It's helping me to take a step back and to separate where um, my ego is getting involved uh-huh. versus um, as much objectivity as I can mm. or, or distance as I can get from a situation. So, and also about like the preconceived ideas of how love should look um, and trying to ap- apply that to friendship as well. And so, you know, in the example that you just talked about, um, it does sound like it stems from the romantic idea of. Um, you know, when, when I love you, you know, you need to love me in an equal measure for it to be perfect and for us to have then a relationship that works. But I think that life is so much more nuanced. Mukunda. Life is so much more complex. I'm here. So I think that life is so much more complex than that. And um, variations exist and are okay. And I think letting them be okay is probably a key to having, to being at peace with life and also being able to get the most out of it. So, um, you know, I think that it's great that you have someone that you love enough to keep following up on. I think the problem would come where you expect that from them in order to feel Mm. um, a sense of whether validation, um, but, um, and also value. uh, But, you can if they if they show up when you call on them um and but they never call on you but they show up for you when you call on them and you can have a, a great interaction but it, it is always on you um i think that it might be worth investigating can you be okay with with that with mm. that means that they're okay to just give um <laughs> And can you be okay with just taking and can you be at peace with that relationship ending there and not needing to force it into something that it's obvious from the other side they don't want? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that has to do with, um, go ahead. I think there's a level of accepting our roles in different dynamics that's hard so 
with my dynamic with this friend I've not spoken to in four years, my dynamic is, our dynamic is I'm the one who initiates and reaches out. And when they're in the country and when I've organized it and chased them, they'll meet me and we'll have a great time mm-hmm. and they'll apologize and say, I'm so sorry, I'm such a mess. Do you know what I mean? So like, I know that that's, how can I expect if my strong, if my consistency is where I excel and theirs is where they really don't, how can I punish our friendship or them by not showing up like who mm. would that benefit and there's a difference i mean i will because i think the next question that is confusing like it's not it's not been three months six months it's been like four years so i can see why that's for an outsider that's weird and i think until i get the and it's also intuition like if i got the sense of they were taking advantage or didn't like me or didn't love me or didn't want my, mm. to be my friend that's different mm-hmm. then i can back off mm. but it's just a case of some people, I think to varying degrees, we all struggle with reciprocation. Mm. And I think friendship just looks so different. To Like I have one friend who is so clear with me that, you know, when you're in, we're best friends and we're very close when we're in the same city. And when you go, it's just not the same. I mm. won't keep up as much because I don't like it. I just don't like keeping up over. I, I need you to be in my space even if we're in the same room on our phones, for me, that's bonding. Mm. And I feel that's a friendship, not you being in another whole continent. Um, and I think being able to handle that dynamism in friendships, like knowing, like so far, have I been in any, I think every single Zoom or everything, every single call I've been on friends with, I've organized. And I'm realizing, I think for most of my friendships, probably 99.9 I'm going to be the organizer Mm. and I could be annoyed at that and go to each and every single like I could fight that or I could be like well Makundo there's a historical evidence like you can you can speak to people and you can like one of my friends I did ask them I said you know you never to be I'm always organizing you tell me what's your strong suit and they said okay I've, I've got two friends like this who said I'm so uncomfortable reaching out I do feel like I'm pestering people Um, I also just feel like a burden and I find it hard being vulnerable, even though I know you love me, I know you want to see me. So I'll reach out to you every few months, but I really wanted to see you two months before that. So I need Mm. you to do it. And so I think when we, if we struggle with the amount of effort we're putting in, I think we probably have to have those conversations. Definitely. Yeah. And like work to each other's strengths instead of looking for parity in the same ways. For sure. I mean, I also do think it's okay to compromise, like for them to be a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And now that you've had this conversation, then they need to, I would say it, um, they need to accept that you want to hear from them and you want to speak to them. So when they do think, oh, I want to catch up with Mukundwa, but I don't want to disturb her. They need to remember that, wait, Mukundwa did say I must reach out. I disagree. You, you disagree. Cause I mean, cause I think that yeah, actually, yeah, that's what I think. I think that, yes, definitely play to your strengths. Um, but I think that growth is also good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you have a standard, so if you're someone listening and you're the friend who always organizes and you're fed up, that's different. If you're fed up, yeah, you need to address that and you'll take it from there, right? So don't take, don't take it lying down if you feel you're being taken advantage of, of people aren't making efforts. But there's a difference when that problem isn't an us problem like a friend being unable to reach out that's a them in their lives problem yeah to do with insecurity and before they deal with how it manifests in our relationship they need to go through a backlog and deal with it with everyone who's even closer to them their moms their dads their parents their working life like it manifests in so many ways that for me to ask them to do that kind of for i would never expect that kind of self-development just so that we can organize dates um for on my behalf like if that's a problem they need to tackle, they're tackling it and it's going to take much longer to trickle down to me. And I also don't know if that's the hill mm. I want to die on with that friendship. Like I've also had to decide what do I want more to be equal with my friends and speak to them every two years or to speak to them and have to insist. Okay. So, so for example, if you're ready to speak every three months, but they would have been ready every one month, mm. the compromise would be that you will still um, contact them every three months yeah. and they will just have to live with that and missing oh, yes. out on the two months in between. Okay. Yeah. 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 The one of three months, if they want to speak to me before that, that's their demon now. Correct. But I think, I think now's the time to tease out these things with friends and to 
And if there's like, I've got another friendship where I'm just so excited. These are all my projects. So I've got to reach out to them before this episode drops. Um, that, yeah, <laughs> although it's not nice to hear that like, they love me so much and I love them so much. Um, but I think they have a, they're not like that vulnerable with me and I can't tell the ways in which they need my support. And it makes me uncomfortable because they're going through things and they make it seem so casual. And I just don't understand. Mm. I, I don't, I take cues from them and I am as casual as they are, but like, these are serious things. I don't know if that, like I was meant to kind of mm. see beneath the exterior. So I think like for me, I'm definitely using this time to treat all my friendships like, well, as projects that I can like, how can I show up better? Mm. And how can I really understand what my friends expect from me? Um, mm. hmm. I really like that. I, I'm I'm also doing that. I really want to see how I can show up as a better friend. I love that. Mm, I think it's really good. How do you think you can? What are the ways? Yeah. I've definitely been very neglectful of my friends and of people that care for me. Um, And I, it's too easy to kind of, to let my communication, to have sloppy communication with people, you know, Mm -hmm. to respond to messages three days late, a week and a half late as I am now, someone I care very deeply about and I love them. And they're, they're such, you know, a great, um, person in my life, but I haven't number one, listened to their whole message. Number two responded. And like I did, do you know what I mean? Like Mm. that. And that kind of thing is I think very shitty. So I really want to work on that this time and just force myself to, to, um, to, to be better, to show up for people better. Yeah. In better ways. And then to manage it. So I would then have anxiety around, um, if I reach out to, so before, before lockdown, I would reach out to someone and then there'd be the pressure of, it always ends. Oh, we must have coffee. And I always took that as like a commitment, (laughs) you know, a contractual commitment. Now we have to have coffee. And then, then there's everything around that. Like the time to have coffee will it work with all the work that I have it when they say coffee do they actually mean dinner and when they say dinner like how much is that dinner do I want to spend um 400 rand out of my weekly budget when I could have gone and bought shoes Mm. or so you know that could have been towards something else like that or I could have gone to so there's all of that stuff that comes with it and so then I don't check up on people um, oh, but to avoid all of the, the potential of that. Yes. Hector. So now that the most, um, the biggest risk is a Zoom chat, <laughs> potentially, you know, because it could just still be nothing um, because internet could be bad, wink, wink. Um, I really should just check up on people. Yeah. I think I also, part of the reason I have inertia with checking up sometimes is if someone's not doing well, I don't know how to hold space for that without <laughs> okay um, my problem was so superficial compared to yours i and know they want to spend money on dinner and you're like how about if they're going through a bad phase you know what i mean? don't know how to help them i don't know how to i forgot the word hold space no i don't know how to hold space but what i do instead is it's over empathizing it's when you embody it yourself mm. um yeah i don't know how to not do that right and how to also be like us to have contrasting experiences and those to exist in the same space. I feel so uncomfortable if I'm doing well and they're not. Correct. Um, Do you know what? And this is something that I learned from the Zoom chat I was on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the one person on the chat is doing fine and the other person was really not doing fine. And the the one that was doing fine was just able to to like be there for them, but still be able to crack jokes and be like, look, I can, you know, I can help you brainstorm ways out of this. But like they didn't have to sink to that depth. Um, of also being sad about everything or or taking it on like you're saying mm-hmm. and that that really taught me that it's okay to be where I am um it doesn't mean that I can't be occupy the same space as someone that's on the other end of the spectrum mm. it was nice to see it in in action yeah mm. and it doesn't help because I think people who um over identify with other people's pain like I do that I'm recovering we do it on the opposite spectrum too like when we are sad we don't want to burden people with that either and so oh, you end up kind of true. isolating that's true in such just dumb ways yeah I want to discuss this dilemma all right so my dilemma surround so dilemmas from now on just dm them or email them to us and we read them out regardless of if they are relevant to the topic we're discussing <laughs> My dilemma surrounds self-respect and tolerating my and tolerating nonsense. 
My boyfriend cancelled on me short notice three times in a row. Of course I was upset and after discussing it, he cited anxiety and depression as his reason for flaking. He's feeling financially vulnerable and especially due to the public crisis. Him flaking was before social distancing though. I'm trying to be compassionate for his mental health, but at the same time I feel disrespected with him disregarding my time. We have been dating for a year and it's been going well. How do I demonstrate empathy for my boyfriend with mental health issues and also maintain self-respect and not tolerate this behavior? If it were me, sometimes I over-promise and under-deliver. Wow. Sometimes, eh? Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes. With friends, I overpromise and underdeliver because I have good intentions and I know what I want in the moment and what I should want. But that's not what I actually want. You know, I should want to talk to you at 9 p.m. for three hours. And it's like, well, I actually don't. I should want to, but I don't. So I think with your partner, maybe ask about that. Maybe ask what would, in a nicer way than this, what would compel you to make plans you know you can't keep? Like, what are you, you know, do you feel obliged? Are you trying to be kind? Where are you over, where are you overreaching and stretching yourself? How can we make this like more realistic? Mm. Um, I think that, wouldn't that be your first step, Nyaki? Um, I would, yes. I think, I don't know about first step, but that's a really good step. Um, that is the first step. <laughs> what, 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 you explain, what's your first step? I think I would communicate how it makes me feel. Ah, uh, no, no. Mukunda, don't gaslight me. I'm glad everyone was here for it. We need to talk about gaslighting as well. Mukunda gaslights me on a daily basis. I'm about to poke holes in that. Uh-huh. Um, I would communicate how it makes me feel. So yes, compassion for your anxiety. I'd communicate how it makes me feel when um, your commitments to me are not upheld, and that, and then I would then I would go into what Mukunda just said because I think it's important to, and then I would ask them to what solution they can think of so that they don't overpromise um and you know whether it means making last minute plans or whatever it is because i think that it's very fair to ask someone to ask whoever you're engaged with to take responsibility um mm. yeah actually that's it so having having um going going through suffering is no excuse not to take responsibility and so maybe their their actions so i want to say take responsibility for their actions so maybe what they're promising is beyond what they can take responsibility for so promise much smaller to the size that they can take responsibility for i hope that makes sense why did you say that? In fact, I'm pretty it sure it sense. does. It makes sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, this is an issue I have as well where I overpromise, underdeliver. But in the future, I'm going to ask, no, I don't need this. In theory, I, I should have asked my friends to help me help us in that, okay, guys, on your side, you're also super frustrated with me. You can see it's a pattern. You, If you ask, when are we talking? When are we talking? When are we talking? Um, I love you. I feel guilty. So I make a plan. So how can you also help? please help me? Let's collaborate mm. so that I can mm. make commitments I can keep to. But this is also kind of your problem too because of the circumstances that surround the engagement. Mm. So if this boyfriend, if you're if you are insisting on hanging out more than he can or wants to, and he's he he you know he has to make a decision and make a plan to appease that, and he does and it doesn't work. That's part of your. I'm not saying this is the situation, but that's. It would be great if you could workshop that with them because it, yeah. it's it's a compassionate thing to do. Yeah. So that would be dope if you could just workshop it with each other. Like, it's there's there's a it's a team, right? So yeah. this this problem is a team problem, and it should be a team solution. I would yeah. say. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm. I had a friend. I'm actually quite disappointed. So I was, I had a friend I hadn't spoken to in ages because it's just so hard. I just, it's so hard for me to do digital conversations, and I also just need to much less FaceTime. And so I I committed to hanging out and I did for two and a half hours. Then we're supposed to catch up the next day for like 10 minutes. I just wanted to, to catch up with them properly because it was a group setting. And then I flaked like a couple hours before, like four hours before I was like, sorry, I can't do it. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah I knew you would. And then like continued chatting. Mm. And did they know I would? Yes. Was it true? Yes. 
true to my character and all historical experience, yes. But I was so hurt that, like, I was hadn't been gratified, congratulated, acknowledged for the efforts I'd put in, like, the first time and showed up in a way that I hadn't in so long. And, like, what a big, big commit... Oh, not sacrifice. It was just, like, a big deal for me to give that much of my time. Mm-hmm. And that it was, like that I was still falling short of an expectation I hadn't agreed to, but was trying to compromise with Mm. was really hurtful. And so I think all that to say, I think human relationships, as much as they should just be logic, logic boards and black and white and very clear. um, Yeah. Like we all have feelings and as much as people are doing badly or always falling short, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like it doesn't matter what people are doing. It matters how they feel about what they're doing um, in terms of the quality of your relationship. And so Mm. facts are not as important as feelings mm-hmm. and like managing that together. Mm. So there. Oh, <laughs> sorry, baby. Oh no, it's a block and deleting. Ooh. That really Ooh. upset me. I'm done. <laughs> Next. <laughs> because they went according to all historical data. I know. Yeah. This is an interesting one. I'm date. Oh, do you uh, want to read it? Yeah. You can't Go take ahead. all of the good ones. No, they're all good. Please keep sending them in. All right. My dilemma. I am dating a beautiful man. We're almost a year in. Our relationship is light and... Wait, I want to do this in an accent. Okay. Which one are you doing? Don't tell us. Just do it and let's see. Okay. Oh my gosh, so much pressure. Do an Australian. Just might as well. No, I always do Australian. No, I'm going to do... They accept us every time. I'm going to do... Okay. We've got death threats for the Kiwi one, so don't... Do we get death threats? For the um, New Zealand one. Okay. I am dating a beautiful man. We're almost a year in. Our relationship is a light and so fun and caring. But I know I'm not growing, revolving or being challenged. There's nothing wrong, but but I feel like there's more out there for me. This makes me feel incredibly bad and I don't know how I would even approach this topic to him. My question <laughs> is, colon, how would I bring this up with him? How would I break it off with him if... That is what I choose to do. Oh my God. She sells this, by the way. Next That's time the I do. she sells. Oh, like I she do. Gets, this is the rent. That's true. Not the rent. The, the my Middle Eastern... Co- um, oh. Did I start again? Are you okay? Middle Eastern what? Um, Are you clients okay? Eat it up. <laughs> hmm. By beautiful, they mean beautiful personality. Everybody knew that, Mukundra. No, I didn't, eh? <laughs> so then I posted to everyone on the on the I said oh I said gosh. page and she wrote back and or they wrote back and were like um I meant like personality I was like oh okay <laughs> okay so the problem is you feel guilty for breaking up with them because there's nothing wrong to break up with them for they didn't necessarily do anything wrong they're just wonderful and you're just not growing um I have a couple thoughts on this um I think the first is, uh, do you want, what do you want from your romantic or your loving partner? The love Stay partner? and enjoy yourself. It, yeah. Is that there, there's so many, there's so many things to gain from life and not all of them have to come from one person, um, which is my problem with marriage. Um, so if they, can they be a home to come back to? And can you be okay with that just being a comfortable home and get your challenge and so on and so forth elsewhere? Are you open to polyamory? Are they? Um, but if what you want from your romantic partner is someone that um, challenges you, pushes you, uh, stretches you, that's all good. Like, that's all wonderful on paper, but that's hard. It's crying. It's uncomfortable. It's not sexy, hey? It's really not. I feel like it's not sexy. Um, it's the ugly bits out. It's every day. It's thinking about what you're saying, how you're saying, and it never ends. It never ends. Like every day, just when you think you've gotten it right, there's, you'll do something else wrong and you've both got to like get through that. So, so think, I would say, think about that. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, do you want, yeah, think about that. There's that distinction mm. and it's fine if that's what you want, but just be very clear that that's what you're getting into. Um, yeah. Interesting. I think I will in the future, if I date men, I'll have two of them. <laughs> I'll have one that's... Make sure that you scan them correctly at the till. Yeah, two, one, one. One that's for intellectual progress mm. and emotional progress. Another one that's just attractive, like just candy mm. that I can go to Santon City with. 
But that is like, ni- nice as well. Like you want candy, but that's also kind oh yeah, of sweet. nice. Yeah, that's sweet enough and, and sweet and dumb. That sounds like this beautiful man. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because I was just thinking, I don't know for me, the kinds of, the way me and you go back and forth. <laughs> it's not sexy. And it's I don't bad. know that I'd want to have sex with somebody after spinster for life <laughs> hey, hey. after argue like debating arguing discussing exploring nitpicking picking mm. out that's not attractive like i don't want to know the dirty laundry necessarily the emotional dirty laundry of the person i'm sleeping with mm. i don't think i do hey unless it's i, I don't think it's that um endearing i actually think it's, it's pretty ugly mm. so i think i'd have two bays so that one is just for sex and i don't want to know about you you don't know about me you don't even have the range to ask that's fine. And then the other one can be, I was going to say like Hunchback of Notre Dame, like, but you don't have to be ugly to be into, smart. Wow, Kundra. Wow. Yeah, you just have to be, just have like, then I, I stretch myself with them. Like, like I a really. stereotype. Because they Is can be your friend, definitely. They can be your friend with benefits. Like my, so my idea is like, I'll have my Alain de Botton. He's my like intellectual messy friend. Messy, like, he's not messy at all. Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. I'm not arguing that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In my and fantasy. Yes. And he's and like he's like the occasional shag, like when we have an intellectual discussion and it just gets so heated that we have to explode into sex. Yes. And then like, yeah, like the, the home the homebody. Yeah, so the homebody ones aren't that it's not sexy. We no, should get married home, couples on. Home bo- oh my god, we need to do that. Is it how could you sleep with someone who you like we all share our most pathetic, like vulnerable, sloppy, embarrassing sides. And you still want to smash? I don't know about that, eh? I think it's because they have to. It's because of monogamy. Oh, gosh. Nick, you know, you know, being married doesn't necessarily mean it's what you're talking about. You can be married and still engage, like challenge each other. Marriage? Yeah, you really can. I don't think marriage is where you, is where you have your, 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 your quarrel with. But yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, you'll have to do some soul searching and decide. There's more out there. Well, what more? Maybe, maybe you can spend less time with a beautiful man. With beautiful man. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, well, look. Sorry, the question is, how do I bring it up with him? Oh, okay. So they're going to. Do you Yo. need to? That I think. I think decide what you want for yourself. And then, because like, what what do you want to achieve by bringing it up with them? So again, this is founded in monogamy and that like perfect and a perfect romance or no, whatever it's, not. it's called. I think it is because it it's they want to break up. No, they think they need to break up because they're not getting everything from one person. Well, yes, not everything for the just intellectual stimulation. Yeah, that's the only thing that's missing, the twenty percent. So, but so now should... they think they need to break up with this person in order to go find someone that gives them a comfortable home plus the twenty, the intellectual. Well, that's not what she's asked us to. They've asked us to comment on. They've just asked us. To comment I know, on. but I'm telling them what they need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Yes, think about think about what you want. Um, They've just told us they want it all, and this guy's think- dumb, so she's done with him. <laughs> she thinks, or they think that they. Let's call them. They. Is it Sorry. or they? They no. think they want. Do you want to say it again? They. No, 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 no. Sorry if I missed. It's, we'll say they. Sorry. Miss Tendering Queen. You didn't put your pronouns. To be fair, I did say you should put them. Oh, okay. Um. But they, that's what they want, darling. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. They've I'm saying told that's us. what they think they want. And so what? That's enough. What you think you want, you pursue it until you find out you don't. Okay. Dump him. Find out you made a mistake. Go back. See if he'll take you. He might not. He won't be so nice now. I mean, truly, what else can you do? If you think you want something, surely pursue it and then you find out you don't. They've clearly said they're lovely, but they're dumb. They're not dumb. They just don't intellectually push them there. Take them there. There you go. That's more than enough to kill anybody. Okay. Especially in quarantine. You can't even shag and now all you have to do is look at this person across well, Zoom. They're not they even just... interesting you. <laughs> Next. How do you bring it up? Um, I don't know if honesty is the best policy in this in this case. Uh, hmm, I don't know. You can, well, then I would use use generic things like drifting apart, um, feel that you're looking for, for something else. Um, mm, yeah. That your relationships are on the course like and it's nothing bad about you or me, but I just feel like you know, we're not, I feel like we're not getting anywhere and it's not 
And it's so such a difficult decision to make because there's nothing wrong. I just feel like we've oh, stagnated. I like that. There's nothing wrong. There's something missing. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Then they'll probably, I mean, if they're, if they're understanding and incredibly evolved, they'll understand. Otherwise, you'll just be like the bitch in their heads forever. And that's also okay. That's okay. That's their prerogative. And just be prepared for them that. saying that they want to work it out. What can they do? Looking yeah. for solutions because they probably think that maybe they think you're the dumb bitch too. Like... Which is okay. That would yeah. be great. I want to read the next one because I'm going to do it in another accent. I'm so ready. Oh my God. Tell me which one it is. Mm. This one's a bit. Mm. Luca, can you come on our laps? Why not? I wonder what we should do in the blackness one. Yeah. Yeah, let's do, do the blackness. Let's do the blackness. All right. Here's the next dilemma. What is blackness? Ha, I've been beefing lately with my mixed cousin. He told me that even if he marries a white woman, his children will be black. And, <laughs> and if their children have white children with white partners, they would still be black in his mind. As if it's a mindset rolls eyes emoji. I'm trying to make him understand that before anything else, being black is a skin color. But to him being from an African descent is enough to be black. I'm French. That's it. Sorry. No, read them. Well, she said, I'm French. Sorry if I made grammatical mistakes. You didn't. You're, you're fluent. Yeah. I love all you bilingual polygots who like will rattle off something in the little most perfect English and be like, sorry, speak 15 languages. I hope that didn't get anywhere. <laughs> it's like, you know, you did so well. You know, you did well. Flex on us though. Do it. Um, well, firstly, I'm screaming because I did the maths. So <laughs> you should see a little notebook. Like she's I, got I fractions. fractions. Like, wait, so mixed and white. That's the baby's just in theory, even the race, we know it's a construct. So the baby's a quarter black, three quarters white. Then that baby has, that baby has a baby with a white person. So this baby, the, the results are now an eighth black, seven eighths. This is becoming, listen, already from, I think your cousin, as she, she's saying that, this is the Mariah Carey dilemma. Not even dilemma. Where Mariah Carey is mixed. Some people would say black. Sure. But like, what does she look like and how is she treated? So, yeah, I think... I do want to say, like, you don't have to make this your business because the world will decide. Like, as much as your brother... Your cousin or brother? Cousin. As much as your cousin will call their kids black... If they look black, the world will tell them and treat them accordingly. And if they look white or something else, the world will tell them, treat them accordingly. So it's nothing to fret about. There's only, I mean, I don't even think your cousin can control this. The world will decide mm. based on the phenotype. Just don't even, don't get your knickers in a bunch. Yeah, I and I probably think the more, um, uh, or, or a useful thing to talk about as well as just the acknowledgement that um, colorism or the acknowledgement of the privilege that comes with the shade of their skin. Why? Because um, it sounds like the this cousin is going on about, no, my kids will always be black because I have black in my blood, mm. um, as if they will always be disadvantaged. But to understand that the lighter they get, the the more advantaged they will be. Oh, interesting. And that that is just a reality. And to be able to accept that. So they'll always be black, sure, sure. But they at some point they'll be white passing and that will come with huge advantage can you accept that oh i'm reading this as they said the kids will always be black as a pride thing they're proud of their heritage not as oh because they're going to suffer but because they should be proud of it okay so if we look at it from that way there's also a point at which it'll be very hard to connect with their heritage because people aren't going to believe them at face value it's just what it it is you know someone that visibly looks very white it's going to be very hard for them, I think, to be accepted into a black community if they don't look mixed race anymore because now they're one eighth, one sixteenth, one twenty fourth, or whatever. Mm, yes. Yeah. So they're asking us to give. So I'm. I think what I'm saying is that maybe a more useful discussion would be the what the effects blackness? of of blackness or the effects of of that. You know. But they're asking what is blackness and they're ultimately just trying to draw back to that to help them with this dilemma. Right. And I, 
So first of all, it's a construct. Let's start there. Um, I think blackness is what you want it to be. I honestly also have a different... Oh, sorry, sorry. You actually that it didn't exist before it was created for oppression. Um, and so that's important to acknowledge, I think. And then from there, and then from there, it is what you want it to be. Why are you touching me? Because you erased that point. Like, it would have been nice if you flowed into that. <laughs> but you didn't. Darling, this isn't a, this isn't a road show. <laughs> this isn't a traveling show. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What is blackness? To me, I mean, it evolves. My feelings about race and blackness evolve over time. And had you asked me, every six months if you asked me, it's different. I'm not, personally, I'm not very pressed with people who don't look black or who aren't black claiming blackness or... um, feeling an affinity to the culture or feeling an affinity to whatever blackness they believe is like in them. That's not really a a point of contention for me. So I just feel like with what is blackness, it's really just what you think it is intersecting with how people treat you. And then that tension, like dealing with that tension of what you feel it is, what other people feel it is. And, and that is it. That's what blackness is. But I mean, but blackness isn't a personal thing. It's by its very kind of definition or effects, it's a group thing. So mm-hmm. so I don't think it's just what you think it is. It, mm-hmm. It's like what it is to the people around you or what it is in your community or what it is in your society. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I think it really goes beyond the individual. Well, if you go by that, then if you're black, you're really fucked. Because if you go by what people think it is, it's not a very nice thing to be black. Mm. And so I guess that's why for me... It's what I think it is. And that's how I've been able to escape the absolutely shambolic state of what blackness is. And blackness is what whiteness tells us it is, because that's how blackness is defined. Mm. So for me, I I agree with Nyak. That's exactly what it is. But not for me, because like I just don't. It's it's a a complete death sentence Mm. if you buy and if you internalize what blackness is. Mm. So I think for me, that's why. To add a bit of realism, so it's what you think it is, but then how that interfaces with what other people think, that tension in the middle mm. is um, a, a reasonable compromise, but it's like the best you can, it's a, it's a good version because mm. it includes a bit of you in there because the world will always, if the world decides what you are, not you, how do you have control? How do you make it um, to your benefit? How do you make it something that you can celebrate if historically it's not been any of those things? Mm. So yeah, yeah, blackness is, um, for me, it's, yeah, it's that, mm-hmm. but I, and I understand yours though, as mm, well. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So with your kiddies, unfortunately with the, your, your nieces and nephews, the world will decide. And, um, it's, I mean, imagine if this person has a cousin who's really pro black and loves their heritage, that's dope because they'll have that armor, that perspective when they meet the world that tells them, no, you, how could you be black? You're one eighth. Or how could you be this? You're what this, this, and this, and that. Yeah. So I think, hopefully, yeah, that would be awesome if your cousin, if they're coming from a space where they're saying, no, your kids will always be black. Hopefully that's from a space of just pro-blackness. As much as you might think it's misguided because it's about cut skin tone, at least the sentiment, at least that's a good starting point. Like rather that than. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. You want to do another one? Yeah. Go ahead. Are you going to read in an accent? Definitely. Here's the next dilemma. Hey guys, so basically I just want some advice. And since I know you guys have lived abroad, you'd you'd have some insight to share. So I haven't lived abroad. Mukundra is the one that talks about England all the time. Geneva all the time. Funny enough, and you're the one with the most mixed, muddled accent. I know. That's a brilliant Scottish. Colonialism, thank you. That's your best accent after um, your normal one. I was going for Irish, but thanks. Are you serious? I know you're joking. My close friend and I are going <laughs> doing a BSc right now, and mainly for our families, because African families believe in that. But we truly also want to do art degrees. My friend is interested in filming, and I'm interested in creative design or production. But we know that we wouldn't get supported in these ventures. So we were thinking of saving money and moving abroad to the UK or Europe or US but we have a bit of anxiety of how we'd get a place to stay, sort of working permits, sort out working permits Mm -hmm. and getting jobs to support our studies since we know no one. We willingly 
we're we're willing to work hard and understand <laughs> how it will be a struggle. It's but a work at it. But it really is. But we're willing to work hard and understand how it will be a struggle at first. But it's okay, we're down to work. After getting all the experience we want, we definitely want to come back and work here in Africa and create documentaries in Africa. We're tired of Johannesburg being gatekeepers in this industry in terms of having the same people making it out. People from other provinces are always not given a chance. Okay, so the question, I think they're asking about should we do all of this stuff? Yeah. Well, you can put a pin on in it. Uh, you won't be going here anyway. Don't cry, don't pig. You're staying here. Corona. I, I, what I would do, ultimately in this situation, I would save as if I'm leaving when everything turns to normal in a couple months um, and see what happens. Like, rather mm. just save as if. I don't think this is happening anytime soon, eh? Yeah. This Number dream. two is scholarships, baby. Like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be your money. So when the time does come, apply for scholarships. That, that way you bypass needing parents' support and this and that. It usually sorts out or it can sort out a place to stay um, and that kind of thing. That can take some stress off. And then number three is that in the time of corona, everything has gone digital. Start that shit online. See what you can start doing online mm. and, and ask yourself. And that will also, I think, help you to see, do I just want the glamour of, of studying, you know, abroad or am I willing to do this at night, you know, with by myself, me and my computer and online? And like, how much does oh, this I really see. mean to you as well? It's not the only reason, but that'll also help you see how much do I want this? So doing the most basic version before the most expensive. Correct. Like, mm. Correct. Okay. Correct. That's great advice. Thank you. All the best with that. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like to plan for the worst and, but expect the best and... Mm. I think that's a great method. Assume your parents won't help plan and save and do those things. And then, mm. but you, you just never know. Yeah. Also, I mean, something, some advice that I can give is that being an African child um, that thought I was an in inverted commas forced to study architecture when I finished um, or rather when I was about to quit three months before um, my parents struck a deal with me and they said, um, Hey, look, you just finished this. And then I'll support, if you finish architecture, we'll support whatever you do next. And maybe, maybe there is wiggle room to negotiate with your parents. Like, mm-hmm. because what all they want is your security. And if you're, did you say you're doing BSc or mm. whatever um, degrees that you're doing now, they'll just feel good if they know uh, she's got a bachelor or he or she, they, sorry. If they know they've got a bachelor in science and they'll be, they'll never, they'll never like not be able to get a job. Um, then they might be able to support you thereafter. See if there's any wiggle room. And even if it's just their part thereof, so you can get a scholarship for the studies and your parents will help you with the accommodation. Also, why does it have to be Europe? What do you mean why? Why Europe, US or wherever else you want to go? Why not study your arts here? Where, where you are no in South Africa? Why not? Do you not know the art program in UCT is pretty good? Yeah, no, I think it's probably phenomenal, just as phenomenal, if not more. I think if you have a dream, if you believe the West holds the key to your success, I feel like you should pursue that and find out that it really does or really doesn't. Like, why not just lean in? I just think, I guess because we have so much less time now, death is so imminent. Mm. I really suggest leaning into what you think you know just to find out you don't. Blow all your money. Like, go to the US just to find out that it's actually a little ghetto. Just, but do it because... The alternative is what to die thinking that was going to be your your out. Mm. You know what I mean. So I really think I'm just such a screw it. Let's do it. Is that Richard Branson? I'm such a. I'm yeah, just, it is. Yeah. I you agree might have with to him. Pay him for that. No, no. I agree with him entirely. Mm. Okay. I think that's a good closing message. Is that there's just so little. You really there's just such a chance that you're going to die so yeah. soon and so much sooner than you think. Just do the thing that you want to do, even if it's you think it's a little dumb. Rather do it and find out. Do mm. it now, find out later. Mm-hmm. That's my new motto. Don't take any caution. <laughs> intuition, not uh, caution. No, intuition. Yes. No, no, no. no. Okay. All I'm gonna say is, is lead it to intuition and enjoy yourself. I think I'll stop there for legal liabilities. <laughs> no, Alrighty. that was wonderful. That was wonderful. All right, mm. girls and gays. Thank you so much for sending in your dilemmas. They were fantastic. Ooh. Ooh. 
I don't know I had it in me. Wait, 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 wait. It. Oh my God. Let me think. All right. So, so don't think too let hard. Let me speak slowly so I get it right. 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 So Where leave do we go? a review. Spotify, iTunes. Please do it, guys. Wherever you get your podcast. Seriously, put it now. Do it right now. Yeah. Right now. No. It's been right two years. Now. We have like two reviews. I'm going to check. I'm going to check now. It's two years at the end of the second year. We're at the beginning of the second Anywho, year. You can't say two years. Join our, face- oh, no. join our Facebook. Um, join the Instagram. Send in dilemmas. And also remember that we have an I Said What I Said listeners fund. So any of the tips you were going to send for us doing such an amazing job on the podcast, we are going to be rerouting to listeners in need. Mm. Um, please do send whatever you can as small as the, the minimum. Probably five dollars. Do you know that that always trips you, you up? It you're trips like, up every single time. Okay, whatever you can send. I know. Because you're like, I don't want to give them an out and say one dollar. I know. I know. <laughs> send. Keep sending. And this is essentially a tip to say, you guys are doing well. Keep it going. And we um, are going to send it to, to others, babes in need. Yeah, to girls and gays in need around the world. Mm. Okie dokie. Have a great week. Further. Yes. Let us know. Actually, I'd love to know about the ways you're challenging yourself. Um, to improve your communication and your friendships in this right, time. Right. If you're doing that, if you're jumping on the bandwagon, let us know. Yeah. DM us on iswiss underscore podcast. Okay. Love you all. Bye. Bye.